0: Blog, Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Blog Talk Radio Legally Steel show fans. Thank you for tuning in on this Saturday, September 4th, right before Labor Day and the mad rush to run out and buy vehicles at the car lot. So I'm glad you're tuning in. I We have a very, very interesting show for you today. Um, those of you that have seen it on Facebook or our weekly postings that have seen it on Facebook, you're going to hear me talk about the four squares of death that you may experience at the dealership. And right now about 90, 90 to 95 percent of dealers are using this method at the dealership. So you want to be very careful when you start doing or going to the dealerships. Uh, to buy your vehicles and of course we're going to get into that and I'm going to show you a really great illustration of what the four squares of death are about. But I have a few things I want to say to you today um, that really thank you for tuning in. You have, you really are making the show a, a a real popular platform for information and how to buy vehicles. So I thank you again, and of course I'm going to continue to put out good information to you because I want you to save as much money, not just because we're in a bad economic crunch, but I want you to save as much money as you can because that's my job. My job is to make sure you save money so you can keep listening and you can tell all your friends about it. Kind of funny, right? Good, good. Well, again, I thank you for tuning in, and I want to share a few things with you, some of the Tidbits of information as far as you know what we're doing and the, and the legalities of it before we get into the meat of it. Um, you can, of course, listeners, you can tune into um, our blog or check it out during the week, and you'll find a, a rebroadcast of the show or be able to locate the show, uh, and that's legallysteal.blogspot.com. Now. The steel is is spelled S T E A L, not S-T-E-E-L. I Got an email or several emails, and people were fine. when they finally got it right, they thought it was spelled the other way. So it's like legally steel, which is an oxymoron, by the way. But it's LegallySteal.blogspot.com. That's for our blog, and we when I when I broadcast the show, um, it's you can catch it one or two ways. You can either catch it on blogtalkradio.com slash legallystealshow, or for those of you who are interested in seeing me do it live, you can log on to livestream.com slash the show. That's livestream.com slash the show. And of course, you can go on that at any time, and the recordings, I'm doing it live now, but it will be recorded so you can go back and check it out later. And you may want to check it out because after we do the four squares of death, it's a, it's, it's a methodology that you want to go back and refer to before you go to the dealership so you can make sure that you stay abreast of what's going to happen as soon as you walk in the door. Um, the other thing is continue to send me your responses, your questions uh, at the show, that's T H E S H O W. At legallysteal.info, the show at legallysteal.info, and I will always get back to you and answer your questions, so you're you will be prepared before you make that move to the dealership. Another thing, also get your book. I know I've been saying talking about the book, it's the best fifteen dollars you'll ever spend, and I promise you, if you can't save thousands with the book, I'll buy the book back from you. You can get the book by going to our blog, and that's legallysteal.blogspot.com or going to the website at legallysteal.info. Last week, we had a caller who called in about a situation, and I didn't want to put all of her personal information on the air. And I want to thank that lady from calling. She was Rita from California. Thank you for calling. And I did respond to her. And it was about the credit. So we're going to do another segment on credit because it is a a real focal point before you actually go to the dealership. These are things you need to get together. Her situation was a little bit different, and I responded to her later in the week. Now, one of the things that I will promise you, as long as I'm doing the show, be it online or traditional radio, I may not, you know, my goal is not to hurt your feelings when I tell you information. But I promise you I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you what I think is best because I've been in this industry, not just the car industry but the finance industry, the insurance industry. Uh, my background goes in a number of directions. Um, I deal with a lot of legal things as well because me putting out information to you, I want to make sure that the information is accurate and on point so you can use it to do the right things that you need to do. And if I, if I, if you ask my opinion, and remember it's an opinion, I want you to do as much research as you can because I'm going to do the same thing before I give you an answer. But I'm going to tell you the truth. And in her situation, Rita, I hope that you took my message well. And uh, if you have any comments, of course, please send me another email and we can correspond and make sure you get things going. I, I would like to know the outcome of your situation. So thank you again for calling, and we're going to do another credit show because it's very important. Also, you can, um, those of you that have iPods, iPads, um, the iPhones, you can go to iTunes. We are now on um, podcast now, so you can also download the show, the audio version. We're working on on the video version as well, but you'll be able to download the audio version, and you can take it with you to the dealership or just listen to it and learn things before you actually go to the car lot and save yourself money. So, again, I want to thank you for tuning in and listen, listen in. We have some really good stuff today. The call-in number, we'll start taking calls around uh, 20 past the hour, but the call-in number is area code 347-637-1008 and if you press 1. We will have you in the queue, and my producer, yes, yes, the show is growing. Thank you. have a producer now. My producer will let me know that you're waiting, and we'll go ahead and take your call and get you live on the air. So thanks again, and let's get started. Um, As I said, I've been broadcasting um, throughout the week about what we're doing. Oh, before I do that, before I do that. Hey, stop. I know. I know. I got to tell you this. God is really, really working. And, you know, once you set your mind on something and you start moving in a certain direction, God will aid and abet you in what you're doing and make it happen for you. This week I got offered a position uh to be an automotive journalist. Go figure. I am now Tampa Bay's automotive examiner for examiner.com. Uh, which means I'm going to be submitting articles, three to five articles a week on different different topics about what's going on in and around the Tampa Bay area. And I can tell you, even though it may be the Tampa Bay area, a lot of it is going to be based on the automotive industry as a whole. But for the examiner, of course, I will center it around and make it interesting or, or, or pliable to the Tampa Bay area. but. Check it out. I mean, as many, as many, as many viewers that we have on the articles, you can subscribe to it so you can always be abreast of what's going on. Uh, follow my, follow my tweets, follow my 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 blog, blog, so I can keep you on point of what's going on. I, of course, I started out with a really good article this week, but I'll tell you about that later on in the show. But I do want to go ahead and get to the four squares of death. This segment of the show is the Beware of the Back End of the Deal. Okay? Uh, we're working on a two-part series. This is the first and then next week we're looking at doing the second and I've put out a couple of queries for a sales manager to call in because this is the part where you've done all your homework, you've checked your credit, now you're at the dealership and you're actually getting ready to go through the process. Okay, so. We want to make sure that we can have a salesperson. yes, I'm an expert at what I do. Yes, I'm not going to give you erroneous information, but I'd like to hear I'd like for you to hear it from another person, another person's point of view, and we're gonna see if we can have someone call in next week. <clears throat> give them a chance to talk about their their car dealership as well as the way they do business, and you'll be able to call in and pose questions to them to make sure that you're understanding the process, and that you're not going to lose a ton of money uh, in this deal. So the beware of the back end of the deal is where you're now, you're sitting at the dealership. You have, you've made a decision of you're going to buy a car, and you have made another determination that you're going to put X number of dollars down towards the purchase price of your car. You've picked out a car that you want to purchase, one that you can see yourself driving for the next 5, 10, 15 years. And you've made a decision that you're going to trade your vehicle. Now, you have to remember, everything that I told you before, all this stuff now comes into play uh, to make this deal a workable deal, and you don't lose all your money. So you're sitting there with the salesman. You've done your test drive. Everything is fine. Remember, you don't do mental ownership. It's a piece of metal with wires and wheels and glass. You don't get attached to it. You're sitting here with the salesperson. Now, I'm going to talk to you from the salesperson standpoint because what I see now is I have a live one in the box, okay? A live one is, you know, you, the customer. You are, you know, physically here. You're in the box, which means you're in my cubicle. You are. We are ready to work a deal. Well, the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to pull out a sheet of paper. And those of you who are watching it live, I'm going to show you the, the illustration of what's going to happen when you get to the dealership. But they're going to pull out a piece of paper, and normally it's a formatted piece of paper already. Um, normally that's, you know, they've actually turned it into a business, if you will, so these things come pre-printed to the dealership and they're just a leaflet. But he'll take the sheet of paper and on the sheet of paper, those your you online, the sheet of paper looks like this, okay? They're going to take the sheet of paper and it has four squares on it and it's a lot of information at the top, basically information about the vehicle, the VIN number, the license plate. Um, the stock number, if it's new, use or demo, and the trading information and the sales price. But there's going to be a statement at the top, and that statement is going to read something similar to this. I will agree to buy today if the numbers are agreeable to the parties. Okay? Now, that statement is there because, let's start with the page and going down. That statement is there because once you initial that you agree to do business today, it does something for the salesperson, but it also does something for you. Once you initial that paper, you are now committed. You commit yourself to doing business. To them, this is a plus plus because they know you're serious about buying a car now. So be careful of the ownership. You're not signing anything. It doesn't have anything on here for your Social Security number or any other pertinent data on you. It's just saying that you agree to do business today. It starts the ownership game, and this is where the confusion comes into play. So you get to the dealer, you're there, you're sitting down, and he pulls out this piece of paper with these four squares on it, and it has trade in one square, or trade in value in one square, price in the next square, Underneath the trade value, you're going to have a square that has cash down or down payment. And the square that's under price is going to have something that says monthly payments. Alright? Now, what the salesman is going to do, and remember, this has nothing to do with the back end of the deal when you get to the financing part. Okay? This is just the salesperson and the sales manager making sure that they make their money. So what's going to happen, you're going to hear me, callers. you're going to hear me scribbling because what I'm doing is I'm actually doing it so I can kind of do a simultaneous thing and being able to show it on the air as well as let you understand what I'm talking about. So they're going to put the price in big numbers. And let's say, you know, my favorite number, that $20,000 car. Remember, $20,000 is just easier to work with, and I'll show you they're going to have $20,000 and it's going to say something to the effect of 20000 plus fees. Okay? For your live stream viewers, that's what it's going to look like, $20,000 plus fees. The next block that they're going to put something in is that cash down payment that you said you would apply down towards your car. And that payment might be, let's say, $2,000. And they're going to write that small, so you're going to have twenty thousand in big numbers and two thousand in small numbers. Okay, now this is where the fun begins because he's going to ask. He or she is going to ask. Okay, um, I'm going to see. I'm going to take this to my manager and see what now. You know what kind of payments we can come up with. Now, he has not asked you one time, he or she has not asked you one time what you plan to pay, because they don't want to know that yet. They'll, they'll find that out when you come back, and I'll tell you what's going to happen when they come back. So now, I go to my manager, my manager looks at it, you have a vehicle to trade, the manager is going to do something like this. He's going to put a thousand dollars down for your trade, your trade value, and going to put a payment at four hundred dollars, salesman is going to come back and he's going to say, "I got some really, really, really good news for you. Uh, you can take that car home today." My manager said, "This is what he will do." <clears throat> Online viewers, you see, it's twenty thousand dollars for the price of the car, thousand dollars for your trade, four hundred dollar minimum payment or monthly payment, and two thousand dollar cash down. Now. You're going to be looking and saying, hmm, I wasn't planning on $400. You're only going to look at two blocks. Main The thing, first things you're going to look at are those two blocks. $1,000 for your trade, you're going to say, wow, they sure ain't giving me a lot of money for my trade. Well, let's go back on the trade for a second. Remember we talked about sentimental value? This is where <laughs> the dealership starts to break your sentimental value for your vehicle. You know your trade is more than a $1,000, but that's what I call the lowball. We talked about that. And the other side is that $400 payment. Well, you hadn't budgeted for $400 payment. And if you can remember, I told you the magic number for a car payment is between 250 and 350 It's a magic number that I don't know where people get it from. When they go to a dealership and say, what do you want to pay for a car? Well, I don't want to pay more than $300 for a car. Okay. Now, here's what's going to happen. You're going to say, whoa, um, $400 is kind of steep. And, you know, I know my car is worth more than $1,000. So the salesman is going to say, and this is where the confusion starts, he's going to say, well, what type of payment were you were you hoping for? Notice I said hoping for. Hoping for, the word hoping, Four, those two words will create doubt, create doubt in your mind, okay? So now he has you doubting, he or she has you doubting that, you know, you can actually get a car at this amount. And you're going to say something like, well, I was kind of looking to be around $300. Salesman is going to take his, his Sharpie. And he's going to write three hundred dollars down there, and he's going to say to you, up to what? And you're going to be up to what? And he's like, okay, I understand you want to be around three hundred, but give me, give me, you know, give me a range here. So you say three twenty-five. He's going to say, well, if I can get the manager to do it at say between three twenty-five and three forty, will you take the car home today? Sounds familiar? So the, the salesperson is going to bypass your 325 because he's already written 325 down and he's going to put a little arrow, or put a little arrow there, and say 340. Okay? 340. This is what it's looking like so far. And you're going to say, well. I know I can get more from my down from my trade on that. Okay, so what were you hoping for? That you know you were thinking on your trade. Well, I was hoping to get at least three thousand dollars. Salesperson is going to put three thousand dollars on the paper. He's going to say, "Hang on a second, I'll be right back." Didn't cross out anything yet. Hang on a second, I'll be right back. He's going to go back to the manager, and he's going to come back with this. Uh, the manager said. That if you take that car home today, he can do your payments. Put a circle around it, three seventy-five, and he would allow you two thousand dollars on your trade. Put a circle around the two thousand. Circle around the twenty. Two thousand dollars cash, and now you're looking something like this. Now, what's happening here? If you notice the salesperson hadn't said anything about your down payment, not yet, and he's not going to say anything about the twenty thousand dollar price of the car. Not going to talk about that at all. Well, now the deal looks a little sweeter. You say, "Okay, well, I'm getting two thousand dollars for my trade three seventy five is a little high because I said three forty. I don't want to go over three forty. Okay. Listen, I know you're tired, and this is the salesperson talking. I know you're tired, and I want to go ahead and get you out of here. Um, To get to the payment that you want to get to, if if you can put another $500 down, I believe I can get the manager to go for that $340 payment. Now you're thinking, okay, I committed the $2,000 down. Can I do another $500? You want to close this deal. So you say, yeah, okay, I'll do another $500. The salesperson says, this is it, I know we're going to get it done now on this. He goes back to the manager, he comes back and says, okay, the manager says that if you put $2,500 down, that'll be the $20,000 plus fees for the price of the car. for your trade value and your $2,500 down payment. And we can get the payment at $352.18, okay? And going to have a little block at the bottom asking you to initial now. What has just happened is we didn't focus on the price of the car at all. Still selling the car for for $20,000. That's the list price of the car. I managed to give you another $1,000 as a salesperson, sales manager, another $1,000 for your trade value because I know your car is probably worth about 25 to three thousand, twenty-five hundred to $3,000, so i give you another $1,000 for it, because remember, the dealer has to make money on both cars, the car that they're selling and the car that they're taking in on trade so they can turn around and resell that car for a profit. But what they did was they bumped you up another $500 on your down payment. You started out at $300, but they can get you in that car deal for $351. And eighteen cents did not change the price of the car. well, this whole process is designed to cause you confusion and to be a diversion, designed to get you to say yes to buying that shiny vehicle that you know you really like and you're really falling for and when you do this, they're going to make top profit on the car, so you may be asking yourself, well. Okay, see, I hear all of that, and I'm gonna check it out later. I'm gonna do my research. Remember it's the four squares of death or the four squares of the car deal. Check it out, go online, of course, you can hit the blog. we're gonna talk about it even more and Of course, I'd be interested to hear some of the some of the stories that that my listeners have have endured in buying their vehicle, but This thing is once you are confused and you have doubt because I'm throwing a bunch of numbers at you and now I want you to sign off on something, remember, these people do this every day so they know what they're doing. You don't. And if they can throw you off balance and get you confused, you're going to revert back to something. Because remember, they're not trying to get you to leave the dealership without a vehicle. They can't make money until you go through this process. So in this process, they're going to point this thing out to you, and you're going to revert back to something. You're going to start asking yourself, do I like that vehicle that much? Okay? Now, that's a real important question because it plays... It plays with your psyche in a number of ways. Let's say that you have excellent credit. Well, you know that you can go in and you know negotiate some things. You don't know that you can negotiate your interest rates, but you know you can go in and negotiate because you're not concerned. You know that you have the buying power to buy a vehicle. Well, let's go to the to the other end of the spectrum. Let's say you don't know that you have that type of buying power and your credit's not great. Well, the first thing that'll do is that'll cause doubt in your head and you'll start justifying. We talked about that before. You do not ever want to justify paying for a vehicle. So you have to do it strategically on several, several interest rates. So I know how to do this. Remember, all of this information is in the book. We're going to talk about, I mean, in the book it talks about how to break down the payments of the car, so you know that you're not paying too much for the vehicle. It shows you, it gives you different factors. It gives you how to play with the interest rates. It gives you a factor base and a and a range margin of bad credit to good credit. This is what the book will do for you. So like I said again, those who are who are listening in on the Legally Steal show through Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you will see the cover of the book, and all you have to do is click on the book. It takes you, you know, right to Amazon. You can order the book. And I think the book is like 10 or $11 now. So I've been telling you it's the best $15. It's like the best 10 or $11 uh, that you'll spend. Believe me, it's worth it. Get it, give it as a gift, use it, you know, write in the book, take it to the dealership with you, do everything you need to do. Now, and of course, You know, that's how I make a living, and through sponsorships and advertisements. I'm an author, yes I am, but I want you to know the show is free. I want you to listen to the show. Tune in so you can make sure that you're making the right decisions. The other way that you're going to defeat the four squares of death is you're going to get pre-qualified before you go to the dealership. Now, that pre-qualification is basically you getting with a bank, a lending institution or your local credit union go to your credit union sit down with the loan officer and tell them you're looking to buy a vehicle and the first thing they're going to do is they're going to qualify you based on your credit and your relationship with the credit union they may approve you for $30,000 now that's something that I'm glad I just said that that brought that makes me think of something just because you are approved for a certain amount doesn't mean that you should buy that certain amount, okay? Buy what fits your situation. So if you are approved for $30,000 at the credit union and your vehicle is only $20,000 that you're looking to buy, then that's what you go for. Now you can tell the loan officer that you're looking for this certain maker model. And they can then pull that information for you and can tell you, how much they will approve you for that vehicle. The best thing about it is you can walk out of the credit union with a check in hand or a draft, and a lot of them have dealers that they will, you know, prefer to do business with, those that are above board and do good business. But you can take this draft or check to any dealership, and basically all you have to do is once you get there, you tell them, listen, I've already been pre-approved for... $20,000. $20,000. That's it. Everything has to be in that $20,000. And that everything I talked about before is driveout price. Your driveout includes the price of the car, any rebate, applicable rebates, bill or cash or incentives, and taxes and fees, minus your down payment, minus your trade value. So, you're approved for $20,000. Now, at that moment, once you're approved for that amount, you don't have to put anything down if you don't want to. But whatever you put down, see, you take that draft to the dealer, and let's say you decide to put down two thousand dollars towards that twenty thousand dollar car, and you decide to throw your trading in with it. Well now just off of that on the price of the car, you're gonna be looking at financing about sixteen thousand. But the other side of that is if you don't put anything down you're still approved for $20,000 that you can go there and put everything in that price and that one price for the vehicle, and then you can drive away. Now, and this goes for newer use. Your interest rate is already predetermined by the credit union, and now everything is set, so it's just time for you to, you know, go and find your car. Now, something interesting is going to happen when you walk into the dealership with a draft, with a check that you're already pre-approved. The first thing the, sales, the salesperson, the sales manager is going to say to you is, I understand you are approved already at the credit union. If we can beat that rate that they're offering you at the credit union, would you do business with us today? Okay. This is where you have to be very careful because I've had people from me being the dealer, that I've talked people out of using their credit union, and I'll tell them something to this effect. Listen, um, I understand that, you know, you've been approved at the credit union, but listen, we can probably beat that rate at the credit union, and you can save that relationship at the credit union to buy something else later. You know, like if you wanted to buy another car for your child, getting ready to go to school, Um, if you wanted to refinance your home, or if you just wanted to get a signature loan, you don't have to tie that money up with the credit union. And you'll always have that option available, and now you can come in and, you know, really let us go ahead and finance the deal. Well, in saying that, if I can pull you away from the credit union, we may or may not be able to beat the deal at the credit union. But I can't make any money on that car if you're coming in with a pre-approved check already because we can only go to that amount. Now, even if we went to that amount from the financing that I would do to do for you at the dealership, I still tend stand a chance to make a little money on the deal, a little extra money on the deal. So you have to, when you're asked that question, you have to be savvy enough to know that, okay, maybe I can use that money later at the credit union, or maybe I can go ahead and get the car financed here and save that money or just go in with your go in with the financing that you're being offered from the credit union. But in 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 either case, be very careful. Interest rates may be better or they may be worse. And the other thing is, if you're going in, let's say the credit union, that's why you don't reveal too much information. You've gone to the credit union, they've approved you for say three hundred and fifty dollars a month on the car payment. And that's over 5 years, 60 months, 5 years. Well, the dealer says, "I tell you what, we can beat that and we can get you down to, you know, about 305 on that same $20,000 which you which you do the deal with us." But of course, you're saying to yourself, "Man, I'm going to save myself, you know, 45 bucks a month. Yeah, I'll do it." Well, all they're going to do is You know, financing is the same whether you are sitting at the dealership or you're sitting at the credit union or you're at the Federal Reserve. The financing rate is going to be the same and the process remains the same. The only way they can get your payment down to 305 is either they're going to knock down the price of the car some more, which $45 a month is going to equate to roughly $2,000 more in discounts, which you may not get, Uh, The other thing that they can do is extend the payment, which is normally what they're going to do. So they'll tell you, um, instead of 60 months, you can do it at 72 months. I mean, that's only six years. (laughs) Or you can do it at 66 months. That's only five and a half years for the same car, but, you know, you're reducing your monthly uh, obligation, your monthly debt. Well, you could do that. Now, I will tell you if you're savvy enough and you plan on paying your car off earlier, um, remember, 95% of people are payment buyers. But let's say you got some extra money, okay? You could extend your payments out longer and still pay your car off earlier with lump sum payments or as I explained several sessions ago. You take your car payment and you split your car payment in half and pay it every 15 days. You know you could literally pay it every seven days if you wanted to. What's the benefit of it? Well, the benefit is you're not paying all that interest for 30 days. You're only paying 15 days of interest or seven days of interest. And like I said before, you may you know irritate the lender and paying them back because you're going to mess up their books. Their accounting is set up for a 30-day increments, but they cannot legally refuse your payment because you are paying your note. So if you pay it every 15 days, you're the same amount, just split it in half, and you'll be able to pay that car down. So these are things that you want to be careful of when you go to the dealership. And of course, the four squares of death is something that could really, really, really cause you to lose a lot of money if you're not careful, okay? So remember, the goal of the four squares of death is to confuse you, get a lot of money out of your pocket, and put you into their 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 playing field. Um, some of the things that, some of the phrases that when you're dealing with the four squares of death that you want to be careful of, and what they will say is, Things like where would you like to be, around what amount were you looking at. We can get them around where you want them. How much money are you putting down, up to what. These are phrases that, remember, they're designed to bump you. Here's the other thing. As I was telling a friend of mine, the car dealer already knows when you get to the dealership that you're coming in at a low-ball amount anyway, that magic number that you've created, 250 to 350 They know you can pay more than that, but you're not going to go in and tell them, so they have to pry the information out of you. Most people, when they're ready to buy a vehicle, and I would love to say all people, but most people, when they're ready to buy a vehicle, they know how much a month they can budget for a vehicle. And your budget may say six hundred dollars, but you don't want to pay six hundred dollars for the car. This is the same thing I was just saying about because the credit union may approve you for thirty. It don't mean you have to spend thirty. So the dealer knows this. This is why they consider bumping up your payment. Let me squeeze a little bit more out of you. And remember, every twenty dollars or so is it equates to about a thousand dollars on that car, so per month. So you have to be cautious of letting them bump you up too much. And we have like these, these as consumers, these internal clocks or internal internal signals that when we start getting close to that amount, all type of flags, red flags start going off in our head. And I, And the amount that I'm talking about is the amount that you're going to pay per month for that vehicle. So if you start out at 350 you feel really comfortable, no problem. When he starts saying $400, you know, you start looking a little wayward, you start feeling a little antsy. If he comes back at $500, you go to, you know, warming up on the inside. <laughs> you may start perspiring, but we have those internal flags that let us know that, okay, I need to bring this price down. and. But this is part of a negotiation process. So you as a consumer, you have to do your homework. Now, there's a lot of information on the web everywhere that you can find that can actually help you in some ways. What I try to do with the book and the show is to give you a central focal point where you can get everything from one source. Do your research because I want you to compare what I'm saying to what others are saying, Um, but do your research before you walk into that dealership because if you're not careful, you will. You will lose money. The other thing I want to go back to is sentimental value. Be very careful of this. and You really, until you experience almost like the loss of a vehicle on that trade vehicle, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of stuff that you have to carry and a lot of stuff you have to deal with. You may not realize how intense it is when you're dealing with the sentiment of losing that vehicle because a lot of people attach emotional things to that car or anything that they buy, big ticket item that they're paying for over the years. A house, if you have a house and you've been in that house for 18 years and now you are about to either sell that house or lose that house in a foreclosure, that house means something to you. You have a lot of memories in that house. Well, it's the same way with a car. You have a lot of memories in that car, and you are attached to it, and they're going to hurt your feelings when you get to the dealership. But the other part, the other side of the spectrum that's dangerous as well is, that mental ownership of that car that you are about to purchase. Doing that can cause you a lot of grief, a lot of heartache because you tend to do things from emotional standpoints instead of rational thinking. You see a car you want and nothing is going to stop you from getting that car. You're going to justify buying that car and I'm telling you justification can cause you if that car or donating that car can transfer if you hold if you do you have to use it in the same year uh that you donated or can you use it in a subsequent year to file against your taxes. But if it's not going to be beneficial for you, now of course there are some organizations out there that could use donated vehicles and uh the legally still show actually next week we are going to be talking with a lady who started in a, started what I consider an amazing uh, nonprofit, and it's called Wheels of Success. What she does is she takes donated cars and use them uh, to help keep low-income families working because our transportation system here in the city of Tampa, I mean, we have a beautiful coastline, but our transportation, public transportation, is terrible really, really terrible. We have one of the worst public transportation systems in the country. And of course, you know, the boards are looking at doing some things to get that underway. But that's another story. That's that's another story. I know if you're in New York, you don't care about our transportation system because you have your own problems there. But I'm going to make sure I can check on that and see if you can actually donate the car for a subsequent year. So if you're going to donate the car, make sure that it's going to be of value to you. If not, You can trade it or you can sell it. Either way it goes, you're planning to get some type of value for your car. So my suggestion to uh, Michelle's question is, if you're going to donate, make sure it can benefit you, and it's not going to cost you anything. If it can't benefit you and you're going to buy another vehicle, consider trading it. But do your homework. Uh, you can go to Kelly Blue Book, and it'll give you a fair, good, and excellent condition value for your trade-in. And don't don't overemphasize the car. Put in there if the car has some scratches and dings, rate it as fair. I know we want to get the most value out of our car, but th- what I'm telling you is to keep you safe when you go to the dealership, and you don't get your feelings hurt. Because if it's if it's not fair. If it's not good condition and it's fair condition, they're going to give you a fair condition quote on your car. They're not going to give you a good condition. So you can consider trading it. Or if you have a really good vehicle, uh, say, for instance, trucks. Trucks hold their value for the most part, especially your Fords, your Chevy, your Toyotas. uh, um, Those trucks hold their value. So if you have one that's older and you can put a for sale sign in it, Put a for sale sign in it. Your truck probably won't last long. Somebody will buy it up from you. Cars are a little different because, you know, cars are more of the, of the hauling for the family, more of the uh, sedans, but your trucks will normally hold value, a little bit more value. So that's one of those things that you have to weigh out the options and you have to weigh and make sure that it's going to benefit you as the consumer and not the dealership. Okay. Um, but, what I was saying back to the before we got that question, back to the 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 dealership and the four squares and making sure that you have yourself on the on the on the right focus point when you go into the dealership because like I said, their goal is to make money, and I could go on and on and on about this whole four squares and how they're gonna work it, but remember. My job here at the Legally Still Show is to keep you abreast and keep you informed so you can keep the ball in your court. And remember, it's something I've always said over the years, and this is not the, you know, knowledge is not power, you know, knowledge applied is power, but it's the person that controls the conversation controls the sale. The person that controls the conversation controls the sale. So if you're letting the salesperson do all of the talking and you're not interacting, it's amazing what the power of words can do. The power of words can invoke different emotions, different feelings within you. So if you're sitting there as a sponge and soaking everything up, they're going to control that conversation. And remember, that car is there to be pretty and shiny. Because I want you to buy it as the dealer, and you can see yourself in that vehicle um i have I have a very good friend, and I'm not gonna call his name, but I'll tell you this: he is the reason that I am on the air today i i I will really attribute a lot of being on the air to him great guy, but one of the things that he does is he will talk his way through. The entire process, before he even has it, he will talk his way through it. See himself in the vehicle. That's a great thing to do as long as you're going to stay on top of your game. He stays on top of his game, okay, but he can see himself in the vehicle. He can see how he's going to look, the places he's going to go, this is amazing. But he stays on top of his game. He knows his stuff when he goes to the dealership. So everybody is not like that. You will see yourself in that vehicle and that's what starts to happen. Once you can smell it and feel it, it now becomes yours. It becomes yours mentally. And all you need is validation. Somebody validates that vehicle for you if you're test driving it, or your friend sees you in it, or anybody. You can have a customer walking out of the dealership. They just bought a car because people talk when they at you know when they're at the dealership. If that customer is walking out of the dealership, they just bought their car and they say, "Wow, I like that one. I should have looked at that vehicle. That car looks nice. Oh, you're gonna look good in that." That just validated something in your head. And remember where your mind goes your checkbook will follow so you have to be very very careful of that whole mental ownership um i got another question earlier in the week and it's a good a good question and i think we've had it before but i want to address it again and it's from a lady and the question is you know should she go to the dealership with a man or without a man and Basically, you, uh, if you're listening to what I'm telling you and you're following along with my methodology and you feel confident and strong in your game, then you can go to the dealership by yourself because they're going to know that you have come prepared and you're on point. But let's say you only tuned in one time to the Legally Steal Show. Friend referred it to you. And by the way, tell all your friends about it. I need your support. Tell all your friends about it. Subscribe to the blog. We want to make this this show the hottest show on the air because my goal is syndication. Okay, enough about me and plugging myself. Uh, back, to, back to the question. Um, you can take a person with you for moral support, but when I was in the car business, active in the car business, to me it didn't make a difference if you brought – a man or a woman with you. If you were a female and you brought a man, fine. If you were a female and you brought another female, fine. It didn't make a difference to me because, remember, I was in my domain. I was the master of my domain. Yes, I know it sounds cocky, but I was. I was a very cocky salesperson, very nice. I maximized sales. You were going to buy if you came to my dealership, but it didn't matter who you brought to me because what I would do is I would ask probing questions. If you could not answer those probing questions, let's say you were a lady and you brought a male with you, your husband, your friend, your daddy, but he didn't know these, the answers to these probing questions, then I knew then I don't have any competition here and I'm still going to do the same tactics that I would do if you came by yourself. I'm going to sell you a car. The other thing, And this is where a lot of salespeople get in trouble. And a lot of people that are listening can attest to this. You're selling to the wrong person. You have to know, you have to ask qualifying questions to make sure you're selling to the right person. And the consumers, if you do not, if you disrespect, let's say the lady's buying a vehicle. But I'm a male salesman and you come with your husband. Well, it's a natural thing that, The man is going to start talking to the man. Well, you just alienated your customer because the female is the one that's in control of the situation and if you don't sell her the vehicle, you just lost the deal. Now, I'm not trying to help the salesperson here, but I am trying to tell the customer something, my listeners, it's your money. You go where you feel comfortable. okay? Don't worry about the salesperson. They're there trying to make a living. That's their business. That's the field that they chose. But you're there to make sure that you save yourself a ton of money. Go in with your game face on. As long as you have your game face on and you know the knowledge, you take the book to the dealership with you, if you take that book and you lay that book on the table when you start to, when you start to negotiate, and you lay how to legally steal your next vehicle and save thousands on the table. Just the mere presence. And I I, I challenge you to try this. Take your book to the dealership with you. If you don't have it, get it. Take it to the dealership with you when you're ready to buy your car and just lay your book on the table. As soon as you lay your book on the table, they're going to know that you are serious about buying a car and you are a contender. They're going to cut straight to the chase. Why? Because... The book says it's an effective vehicle guide or a guide for effective vehicle negotiations. So you're going to cut through the chase and knock a lot of that wind out of that salesperson's sale as soon as you put that down. So once again, Tammy, as far as your email, take someone with you if you just want to have moral support. But if you do your research and do everything that I'm telling you to do, you can do it by yourself. Matter of fact, I had a I had a lady, I had a meeting yesterday uh, with an associate uh, of mine, and she made the statement, because those of you who don't know, I know you'll ask, well, what does S-E stand for? Well, my first name is Sandy. Yes, it sounds like it's a female name. There are a bunch of male Sandys out there, but my first name is Sandy. But I purposely started using SE when I started the car business, when I started in the car business, because I told you I found out that women did not like buying vehicles from other women. And it was something of me at the time, yeah, as a young salesman it was a misnomer, but I realized that maybe I need to start using initials because a person called into the dealership one day, it was a lady and she was talking to the receptionist saying, at this dealership, we were all in rotation, so if a person called in, it'd be the next person on the list, and so forth and so on. And the lady asked for a sales rep, and she said the receptionist told her, "Well, okay, the next person I'll get for you is Sandy." And she said to the receptionist, "Well, I'd like to, um, I'd like to have a male, if that's possible." And the receptionist said, "Well, ma'am, Sandy is a male." So from that day forward and I think that was like ninety ninety two if I'm not mistaken. I started using S E. Because I didn't want to scare I wanted I wanted my customers and I wanted them to know that I was a male or whether they called in or they walked into the dealership and asked for SE. So that's what S E and I'm not telling you my middle name. So don't ask me. You research it, but I'm not gonna tell you. I'll just tell you this. I'm from Mississippi. Where everybody in Mississippi is either Ann or Earl, and I didn't say S.A., so you figure it out. But <laughs> that's, that's that's neither here nor there. But taking a person to the dealership with you is good because you can, you can bounce stuff off of that person. Uh, from a human touch, you can bounce stuff off. But if you have the knowledge and know-how, you're not going to have a problem when you get to the dealership. You're going to be just fine. So that's not a problem, not a big deal, not a big issue. At all, um as always i i I'm glad to be able to be here this Saturday and present to you and let you hear what's going on and Of course, I encourage you to send in your send in your questions, view the video, and let me know what's going on i I, I want to hear feedback from you before you buy your vehicle. Again, you can you can listen to us later. You can download it on uh, your iTunes, and you have to go into the iTunes store. Uh, you can actually download it, but you can download the iTunes, and it's under Games and Hobbies. Under the uh, and once you go into Games and Hobbies, you go under Automotive, and you will see you'll be able to search through, scroll through, and see the Legally Steal shell. And you can download all of the podcasts. They're free. Again, you can take them with you. Listen to them later. Uh, the blog, I thank the people for, you know, tuning in to the blog and sending me their emails. So that's, you know, legallysteal.blogspot.com. And leave your questions there. Or you can email me at the show, T-H-E-S-H-O-W, at legallysteal.info. Of course, It's been great. It's been real. I enjoy talking to you, and I look forward during the week of doing my research and putting my stuff together so I can get back to you and give you the knowledge and skills so you can legally steal your next purchase. Again, it's been great, and this is F.E. Day of the Legally Steal Show signing off for another successful week and another successful show. Thank God. Be blessed. It's Labor Day weekend. Do not drink and drive. I want to make it next week. Okay? Look forward to talking to you. Enjoy your holidays. Save me some barbecue. Love you. Bye bye.